Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and this is Stagflation, LOL. I'm genuinely perplexed every time I hear someone try to compare current circumstances of employment and prices to the stagflation era of the 1970s. It pops up occasionally recently when we were heading into the great financial crisis, but it's a sporadic, all-too-regular occurrence. It serves to remind us that the past is less well understood than perhaps we might have imagined. Stagflation, the word, is a portmanteau of inflation and stagnation. It traces its roots to the 1960s when House of Commons member Ian McLeod coined the term in 1965. McLeod, who would later go on to become Chancellor of the Exchequer in 1970, observed, quote, We now have the worst of both worlds, not just inflation on one side or stagnation on the other, but both of them together. We have a sort of stagflation situation. Debates about how much of each is required for stagflation went unresolved, at least until Arthur Oaken of the Brookings Institute decided to create the New Misery Index by combining inflation and unemployment in a single table and chart. The Misery Index gave us a simple way to visualize how bad the state of the economy was. You could see how this manifested itself on any chart of the Misery Index. It shows just how unique an era the 1970s were. We had high inflation and high unemployment, both of which lasted a full decade. The stagflation combination of an unemployment rate around 9 to 10% and an inflation rate around 12 to 15% was more than inconvenient. It potentially signaled the end of the post-war era of growth and prosperity. It was used to devastating effect against the incumbent in the White House Twice. First, in 1976, by Carter against Ford, and then again in 1980, by Reagan against Carter. The Misery Index spent a decade averaging far over 15. In 2020, it kissed 15 for a hot minute before falling back towards 10 to 11, about half of the prior 1980 peak. When we consider the differences between the modern era and that of the 1970s, there's just almost nothing that are comparables. Consider these seven bullet points. First, unemployment as measured by U3. In the 70s, it was persistently over 5%, occasionally running as high as 9 to 11%. In the 2020s, it was 3.5%. Yes, during the pandemic, it spiked to 15% and quickly fell back under 5%, but it was there briefly. What about CPI inflation? In the 70s, it averaged over 7.5% for a decade and topped out at 14.6% April of 1980. In the 2020s, it averaged under 2% for most of the previous decade, and it topped out at 5.4% in September of 21. What about real wages, wage increases versus inflation? It consistently fell in real terms in the 1970s. Wages fell in after-inflation terms. Today, wages continue to outpace inflation. They're rising in real terms. How about productivity? The 1970s, hey, nobody was working on a computer on their desktop. There were giant mainframes, and only a handful of people interacted with them. Productivity improvements, they were modest at best. 
Today, computing is ubiquitous. Not only ubiquitous, but mobile. Massive data availability, huge amounts of information. All of these have added up to incredible cumulative productivity gains. What about the quits rate? Well, the data series only goes back to 2001. In the 1970s, anecdotally, the quits rate was rather low. Today, it's at record highs since we began keeping this data in 2001. How about new business formation? Again, relying on anecdotes in the 70s, it was modest at best. Today, it's at or near record highs. It's the most we've seen since the data series began in 2006. How about the sentiment measures? Well, looking at two different data series from the University of Michigan's, in the 70s, we were at a degree of malaise. Today, I wouldn't say it's euphoric, but it's moderate. It's certainly above the malaise levels of the 70s. What about confidence in institutions? It was very high in the 1970s. Today, it, it seems to have fallen off. And civil unrest? That seems to be the only area where we can really point to a significant similarity. It was high in the 70s, and it's high today. But other than civil unrest, every other data point we look at, the 2020s is very different than the 1970s. Whenever I see a pundit discussing stagflation on TV these days, it's obvious whether or not they've done the deep dive into the data that underlies the 1970s era of stagflation. Comparing the two eras is an exercise in differences, not similarities. For more from me, check out The Big Picture at Ritholtz.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. Solid.